Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. I'm on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Today, I am once again joined by my co-host, Joe Farrow. On Twitter, that is at the Joe Farrow. It's right around 3 o'clock Eastern on Monday when we are starting to record this. Um, Nets Media Day concluded about an hour ago. But before we dive into all that, how you doing, Joe? Oh, I'm doing good. I mean... I think I don't know how you're feeling, but I feel great after hearing a lot of the things that was said at media day today, as well as the Ben Simmons on JJ Reddick's podcast, which we're bound to dive into as well. But so there's a lot to talk about, but I feel really good. All things considered. Yeah, man, like the Nets have been a circus, obviously. I think a lot of people were concerned that mainly one of the Nets stars, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, to a lesser extent than Simmons, although I don't think there's too much concern with him. That one of them was going to say something stupid, create an unnecessary headline, create drama before we even get to training camp. But like you said, I mean, they avoided controversy. They were honest. They were open, productive day. Um, we'll go full into that. But let's start with Ben Simmons on the podcast with J.J. Redick. Yeah, so he said a lot. And J.J. Redick has uh, a really good interview style. I don't know how many of his podcasts you've listened to, but I listen to a lot of his. Um, Ben said that like, he's fully ready to go first off on JJ's podcast. And, uh, JJ had also asked Ben, uh, does he feel that his overall impact is overlooked because of his inability to shoot the basketball? And he said, yeah, definitely. But everybody there's already, he said, there's already a narrative out there that he can't shoot. And that definitely overlooks the majority of what he does well. But, I mean, then J.J. ended up giving him his flowers, saying, dude, you're a three-time All-Star and one of the fastest rising stars the game has seen. And that J.J. basically just kept gassing up Ben Simmons, as everybody would in J.J. Reddick's position right there. But Ben Ben did say a lot of wild things on J.J.'s podcast. Like, not necessarily wild, like, bad headline-worthy. But I think the two biggest takeaways were – um, he, he had mentioned that the back surgery 
that he eventually needed was a problem with for him for two years before he got it. Uh, he said he would wake up on the floor, like he would sleep on the floor sometimes just to correct his back and he would wake up and not be able to move. Um, and like he said, it was a pain that would go from his back down to his glute, then down his leg, and then he wouldn't be able to feel his feet. Um, so I could imagine that it's hard to play basketball when you can't feel your feet. <laughs> yeah, your feet are pretty important in basketball. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Um, but yeah, that was a big, that was a one of the biggest takeaways, him talking about his injury. And then he they also dove into the mental health stuff. Um, and he was talking about guys who have talked to him and guys who didn't reach out to him. And he says like he feels like at some points he was like kind of alienated in the media. Um, and he specifically had mentioned Shaq saying like he claims that they're LSU brothers, but yet he didn't reach out to him once. And he went out there and criticized him on TV for not playing and stuff like that. But like me, and then he obviously details why he wasn't allowed to play or wasn't able to play. So it was a bunch of stuff like that. He went into he went into Doc Rivers, quote unquote, kicking him out of practice for having a phone in his pocket. Um, <laughs> went on. He went on to reveal that that was not a phone. It was his practice jersey that he had like like he had the 76ers like basketball shirt on or whatever else he was wearing. But he had his jersey in his sweatpant pocket because he had told Doc Rivers that he wasn't like avail like mentally able to go in practice and that literally two minutes in he says doc rivers told him all right ben get in for whatever drill they were doing and ben basically just said no and then got kicked out of practice and then media thought it was because he had like a phone in his pocket but it was really uh a jersey rolled up in his sweatpants pocket i don't know a lot of stuff that ben simmons got to provide a lot of clarity on they went into big detail about the um the pass against trey young which is like one of the one of the last like memories fans have of ben simmons playing basketball um and jj kind of went into like detail saying like when you're like he catches the ball does like a spin move and he spins into a jersey he's not aware that it's trey young at the time like, because everything happens so fast, and he dumps the pass off thinking that Matisse or whoever it was is going to have an easy layup right there. But obviously, it doesn't work out that way. And I mean, obviously, they say if the layup is made, then it's a smart basketball play, but it obviously isn't now when you look at it. So, like we said, a lot of stuff was dove into there. He provided a lot of clarity on some stuff, but it, it was overall a good interview. And it was nice to hear from Ben because prior to today, at Nets Media Day, we didn't really get a chance to hear from Ben ever since, like, he became a Brooklyn Net. Yeah, man. I mean, first, I want to say, if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Like Joe was just saying, like, they covered pretty much everything. Back from the Philly days when Ben was playing with, like, Bellinelli, J.J. Redick, etc., he kind of compared that to being the closest thing possible to this Nets roster, having a bunch quotes, of shooters on it. Quotes, it's Philadelphia on steroids. <laughs> Correct. This Nets team is Philly on steroids. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, as a Nets fan, like, that's what you want. I mean, that's kind of what we've talked about on this podcast. We never gave that, like, exact example, but that's how we all viewed it. That's how Ben views it. Um, like Joe mentioned, kind of the falling out in Philly. Just to quickly sum it up, 
he basically felt like your players, your organization, they're supposed to be the ones that have your back. Like the media, the trolls on Twitter, the fans, all that. They're going to come after you. He felt he lost the support of his teammates, um, especially Joel Embiid. Doc Rivers kind of threw him under the bus after they lost the series to Atlanta. And then, like Joe said, coming into that following year, I'm sure everyone remembers the story of when Ben's teammates went to his house in L.A. like the day before training camp. He was like, those guys were in L.A. the entire summer. They didn't reach out earlier. Um, He was like, the 76ers organization was getting on his ass because he wasn't lifting weights. And Ben was like, I was the strongest guy on the team. Like, they were just fucking with me at this point. Um, so we he went to all said, he's, like, he's like, I'm hurt. I'm not going to lift weights. Right. But then he also so, said, I'm also the strongest guy on the team. So why do you care? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it was nice to kind of, as a Nets fan, I mean, I know some Nets fans are worried. Like, does Ben want to play basketball? What's going on with him? Like, they traded James Harden for this guy that's never going to play which I think is a little bullshit. I don't think that. But a lot of Nets fans do. And this gave a lot of insight onto what happened in this past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like Joe said, like we went into expectation with the Nets. Um, Joe or Ben was like personable. He was funny. Like he was. They asked him, they asked him how many threes he was going to shoot. And JJ Redick was like, oh, you should get up a minimum of five threes a game. And Ben was like, yep, Kevin's wide open. Nope, I'm shooting it myself. <laughs> so, like, it was funny. Like, it showed his personality. They talked about when he got called Russell Westbrook in the candy store. Nah, and that, was was like, funny, that was a funny, like, part of that interview. Ben <laughs> was just like, honestly, man, that was so messed up. I was trying to fucking buy some candy. Like, so I don't know. Like, it's made you appreciate Ben for a person as a fan before we can appreciate him as a basketball fan. Yeah. Um, as a basketball player. I mean, it was a great listen to all in all. He once again voiced how excited he is to play for the Nets, that he's mentally right, his back is good, he's cleared for training camp. Um, it made me very excited for Ben, and I was someone who was already very excited for Ben. Uh-huh. And I think it just pushed me over the top. So like I said, if you haven't listened to it, definitely take what was it, Joe, forty five minutes to an hour out of your time. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like a fifty fifty something minute interview. It was pretty good. Yeah. And, like, when I listened to it, it was over in, like, a snap. Like, it flew by. Super interesting. Go by quick. A lot of stuff on his past, kind of what he went through when he had the mental health problems, um, where he's gotten to now, both mentally and physically, and kind of what to look forward to with the Mets. Um, Is there any other quotes you want to talk about real quick? There was. He did say, like, one of the big questions was, all right, how the hell did Ben Simmons get injured if he wasn't playing basketball? He did say... He was literally running up the stairs one day and his back just gave out. Correct. And he had been having problems with it ever since. And that's like, he got the epidural. He had said he got the epidural like right before the playoffs, hoping that that would help. And he was, he said all indications where I was going to play in game four, but I woke up the morning of game four and I could not move again. He's like, I couldn't, I literally couldn't even roll out of bed. I was in so much pain. So that was just something where it's like he knew he needed to get the surgery, but he was trying to do everything he could to avoid surgery to get back for the postseason. And then he ended up obviously getting the surgery in the offseason. And he said now uh, the surgery, everything went perfectly fine, and he's fully cleared now for training camp, and he's, uh, he's ready to go. He definitely sounded extremely excited both in the podcast and today at Media Day to get on the floor again. 
Yeah, and and uh, with that, perfect transition. Let's dive right into Nets Media Day. Um, we were kind of experiencing secondhand, obviously, watching Yes Network, but we saw a majority of it. Um, first person player to the podium right at 11 o'clock when the event started. None other than Kevin Durant. Um, before we dive into quotes about what Kevin said, what he was asked, majority of it, as expected, was about his trade request, kind of moving forward, what went through it. Um, so before we give like our full feedback, Joe, I just want to run some quotes through to you on what Kevin said. Um, he said there was a lot of uncertainty around our team, talking about the Nets last year, saying he committed to this team for four years, thinking he would play with that core. Obviously, the core at the time was James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving's situation was unnoticed or not finalized, like not under contract, etc. Um, he said he voiced his doubts to Joe, but he did like what Sean, obviously Sean Marks, put together in the summer. And they move on. Um, he would go on to say they, talking about like Joe Sai, Sean Marks, etc., understood where he was coming from with his request, saying he had plenty of talks with Sean and Steve throughout the season. Um, but at the end of the day, they know how much Kevin cares about his teammates and he wants to win. He said they were all on the same page and are professionals. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, he went more in depth about what he really didn't like, which led to the trade request. Um, he mentioned how the Nets should not have lost 10 games in a row last year when he went out. He said he's been part of championship teams, obviously, with the Warriors. Um, even those OKC teams, they were championship teams. They just never got it done. Um, and he said when adversity hit, the Nets didn't fight through it, and it caused doubt in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um which is fair. I think we could all agree the Nets should not have lost 10 games in a row, whether Kevin Durant was playing or not. Um, he was then asked about the Kyrie Irving contract discussion and if he was involved in it at all. He would go on and say, I don't demand a coach or GM to do anything. A lot of people have this in their head that I control everything with the Nets. All I control is being the best player I can be. 
He would mention that Kyrie Irving, Sean Marks, et cetera, Joe Sign ownership had to work out their differences amongst themselves and it wasn't his business. Um, he was asked if he's disappointed that he was not traded. And Kevin said that he's not disappointed. He knew he wouldn't have the game of basketball taken away from him and he is still doing what he loves to do. Um, and I think those are pretty much the main points, like I said, around the trade request. Um, he asked if anything's changed on working on his game in the summer. Um, he said his main thing throughout his career is who he wants to be around in open runs. And he said whether it's like the most talented guys in the world or college guys, um, he said he moved to Los Angeles to be around the best of the best and to push himself couple more things. Um, of course, Nick Friedel of ESPN asked Kevin Durant if he can trust Kyrie Irving to play coming into the season. Kevin's response was great. He had his teammates back. He said the first year he played more games than James May, talking about himself and James Harden. He then would say without the vaccine mandate, he would have played every game last year. He loves to play the game of basketball. I should not have to even say that anymore. Um, finally, he was asked if things hit the wall again, go through adversity, they don't go through, if he would go back to management and request a trade, or if Nets fans should be worried he would do that. Um, he would basically go on to say that Nets fans should know after three years that this team's been through a lot, and he still has gone out there every day and done his job. He said he was committed to moving forward with this team, and he said if you've watched him over these three years, you know how much he cares about his teammates and this team. Finally, he said, a summer of us basically having a standoff is only going to make us better. Mm-hmm. So those were the main quotes from Kevin Durant. Joe, what are your immediate reactions to it? So I actually did catch Kevin Durant in the press conference live, and that was I, I loved every answer he gave. Um, it wasn't like he was like snarky about any questions that the media had about why he requested out or anything like that. Like He just gave – Truthful, open, honest answers. Um, when he when he was talking about the 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 stretch of games where we lost ten in a row when he was out, um, that was a big one for me. And I get it was for him as well. He said that was a big reason why that he wanted out because he felt like just at the core of it, we were not playing team basketball at the highest level that they should be. Um, he went into detail to talk about how when how like the Warriors made a playoff push this year without Steph Curry. The the Mavs still ended up fighting for playoff position without Luca at one point. Then he said, "Just losing me should not be a reason why we lose ten in a row and we can't pull out wins as a group." Um, and that was that was a really good quote from him and I really loved the answer to the Kyrie situation because that's really what we've all been saying this whole time when the national media insists that Kyrie doesn't like basketball and doesn't want to show up to work saying that like it's a vaccine mandate that was not under his control and he played more games than Kevin Durant and James Harden in year one so having your teammates back and also wanting the team to be better as a whole is Kevin was Kevin Durant's main takeaway so that's how are we gonna how are we gonna complain about that? We can't. Yeah, I mean Kevin Durant was honest. He was open. Um, he answered very professionally, and I think the overall theme for the rest of the Nets and Kevin 
was it's over with. It happened. We're moving forward and we're focused on basketball this year, which is as fans, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Um, next was Kyrie Irving, who always gives a good interview, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, when it started, he was asked about the offseason. And Kyrie immediately interrupted them and said, can we go through a timeline here of everything that happened so we can move on from the offseason when we start the regular season? Basically, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore after today, which is fair. Focus on basketball, playing games. Um, in addition to that, he would go on to call the Nets summer or offseason a, and I quote, clusterfuck, which I think we can all agree with as well. That was hilarious. Uh, um. He would say being swept the way we did, obviously against Boston, was one of the only times I have ever felt embarrassed leaving the basketball court in my entire career. Um, he would talk about the vaccine mandate. He said, I gave up four years, a hundred something million dollars to be unvaccinated. Basically said the Nets gave him the ultimatum, like get vaccinated and we'll give you your contract extension or don't and we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, we all know Kyrie Irving chose to don't get vaccinated and see what happens. Um, he mentioned that they were supposed to have the contract extension figured out before training camp last year. And the only reason why it did not happen is because of the vaccine mandate. Um, he was asked about Ben Simmons. Um, he said being able to protect him when needed, but also knowing he's a big boy and he can handle it. He would go on to say he doesn't shy away from the moment. Um, he talked about how they played for the same high school coach, so they both are used to being yelled at and screamed at. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Um, he went on to talk about like game plan uh, with the coaching being holding players accountable. Um, asked if he thought he was close to either leaving or being traded by the Nets. He very hesitantly said, yeah, there were options, but not many. I tell you this because of the stigma of do I really want to play basketball and will I be committed to a team? He said he's not focused on people, on convincing people to believe in the Nets this year. So he doesn't have the energy for it and that he doesn't care. Finally, my favorite part on Kyrie was when Nick Friedel went to ask him a question. Obviously, Nick Friedel was always the one to hammer him with vaccine questions. Kyrie Irving immediately interrupted Nick Friedel and said, we are going to be best friends by the end of the year. He would then say, you are going to give me a hug, <laughs> which I love because, I mean, Nick Friedel. So funny, man. <laughs> he, like, would hammer Kyrie with the questions of, oh, do you feel guilty you weren't there for your team? Like, why aren't you vaccinated? All this stuff. And Kyrie immediately was like, yeah, like, we're going to be best friends this year. Half joking, I think, half yeah. serious, like, maybe hopeful. <laughs> yeah. That's probably uh, – yeah, that was that was a hilarious part of that interview just because it's <laughs> – because we all knew, like, all Nets fans knew, like, Nick Friedel – is the, was the one guy who was giving Kyrie sh- who would continually give Kyrie shit for the vaccine over and over and over again every single press conference that the guy did and it was like dude you te- like you don't have any questions about the game but yeah you know, he didn't he didn't necessarily come out with a full vaccine question today and they 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 had a fun moment <laughs> yeah um, any other thoughts on Kyrie before we dive into Ben Simmons, who was the next player at the podium for the Nuts? I thought Kyrie did very well. Uh, he explained a lot of stuff well in terms of his contract and 
and how and how he feels going into this season. And he said he he did mention he's like, I'm here at media day this time. I'm not on a Zoom call, so that's fun. Uh, yep. But yeah, he said. I mean, he provided a lot of insight on like both him and Kevin. They really did provide a lot about what happened this off season and how how excited they are going forward. And it seems they're both fully bought in. So we love to see that. Yeah, I mean, we've complained about a lack of transparency from the Nets, whether it's their stars, organization, et cetera. And I mean, we got it today. They explained everything. They put it all out there. Kyrie even called the situation awkward with Kevin requesting his trade. Because um, basically he even said, like, the timeline was I opted in. And then, like, a day or two later, like, Kev requested his trade. He called it very awkward. He was like, I just trusted that our friendship was, like, strong or whatever. Said he did not try to recruit Kevin back. Um, but it was honest. It was open. We learned a lot. Um, let's move on to Ben. So, obviously, we kind of talked in length about Ben from the podcast. He would repeat most of it. Um, so I'm not going to go all the way through it. Um, big thing was he said he is fully cleared for training camp, which is starting tomorrow. Through all the noise in the summer, his priority was getting his health back to how it should be and getting back on the court. He said, physically, I feel great right now. Um, he was asked once again how many threes he will attempt this year, and I quote his response was, shit, who knows? Um yeah. Once again, kind of the same narrative that Kyrie had. He said he's just going out there to play, let everyone else talk. His focus is helping the team win, um, saying he doesn't care about narratives. He doesn't care about the media. He doesn't care about anyone he's playing against. I only, He said, I care about my teammates here, my coaches, and the next organization. We'll go on and say that he thinks the Nets have a team that wants to run. The weapons behind the arc is incredible. Um, would say he wants to be a leader. He said Kevin's not very vocal, neither is Kyrie, but they both lead by example, that they're both in the gym every day, but that Ben wants to be more of like a vocal guy. He thinks he's finally gotten to that point. Um, and he just looked and sounded happy to be able to get back on a basketball court. I mean, that's my main takeaway from Ben Simmons. Um, I'm sorry. Kevin Durant just went at Matt Brooks on Twitter. <laughs> really what <laughs> Katie the tweet from Matt Brooks said Kevin Durant on whether he'll put in another trade request if the Nets struggle I don't feel like I've got to prove anything to Net fans after three years I'm committed moving forward with this team if you've got doubts and that's on you Katie response says this shit here is why I don't like talking to lambs like you this isn't the question he asked but you love the engagement on Twitter so you will twist shit up okay <laughs> well that was interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, like that just popped up as I was going through like the the quotes on Twitter. But yeah, I I liked Ben's press com Brett press conference. I guess we could say it is. But yeah, he he also sounded very excited, ready to go, ready to turn over a new leaf and open a new chapter in his career. Uh, ben hasn't played basketball in a very long time, and he's gone through a lot to battle back to get back to this point. And he sounded he sounded like he was fully bought in. And I don't see any world where, where like the Nets aren't just a brand new, fun basketball team this year. Yeah, I agree. And one more thing on Ben, he was saying he's been playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving all week. Mm -hmm. Christian Winfield asked him, how's it look? And Ben's response was incredible. (laughs) 
Um, and then after we saw from Anthony Puccio a video of Katie, Kyrie, and Rich Kleiman all hugging, smiles. They looked happy, which is all we can ask for, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all we. That's really all we can ask for. If all these guys stay happy, that's all. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Seth Curry was talking to Ruko and Sarah Kustak. He would call Ben Simmons and Katie a matchup nightmare. He said tomorrow is going to be a fun day and super competitive. That is a great thing about being on a good team. Practices are always intense. However, he did end it with, unfortunately, I won't be a part of it, but I'll be talking from the sidelines. Seth would say that he is not at 100% yet um, and that he is a competitive person and wants to play the first game of the season, but I need to be ready for the rest of the season and the rest of my career. Yeah. So basically, Seth Curry is not cleared yet. Um, If he's cleared by opening day, October 19th is to be determined, but he is not ready yet was my big takeaway from Seth. Yeah, and I believe he wasn't the only one, right? Uh, Correct. Uh, TJ Warren Warren is also not cleared yet. He said he's about 80 to 85 to 90 percent, though. So they're both like on the way back. Yes. We shouldn't be too concerned. I mean, maybe these guys miss what, like the first two weeks of the season, if anything, or they both might be ready by then. But training camp is just starting. These guys are still trying to get back. Um, Again, definitely not too worried about those injuries but yeah Seth was also a great interview he provided great insight talking about like I he he was he went into detail on the trade requests from Kevin Durant and the and the rumors surrounding Kyrie Irving he said well I'm on a value contract so anytime somebody on the team is about to get traded I'm always a threat to be involved he goes how the he goes you guys see that that's why I'm here (laughs) <laughs> so right <laughs> so he went he he had mentioned that but he said he's 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 excited to get back he's he also mentioned he knows how to play with ben simmons he said he has like a head start on that so it's seth also he did provide a very very good interview yeah i agree next let's jump into joe harris um it, first i just want to say it was very very nice to see Joe Harris again. Like <laughs> even Sean Marks would say later on, like it's not being talked about enough how big it is that Joe Harris is back. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. Joe Harris would say that the Nets had 15 guys in the gym last week preparing for the season. Um, kind of, he said like he had this new look on things like being out. He said he kind of feels like a little kid again. Um being able to play again just because he had it taken away from him. Um, He said he's been a full go for the last month or so. There is no problem at all with his ankle. Um, He called it night and day how he feels now compared to last November. He gave us a little insight on the ankle injury. Um, So he had the injury against OKC, obviously, early on in the season. He said the initial injury had a lot going on within the ankle. Instead of having a procedure right away that would have definitely ended his season, himself and the team decided to try to see if he could come back, even if that, even if it was a limited capacity. Um, he then would go on to say he could have spotted up and shot the ball last year, but the problem was chasing someone around on the other end. 
obviously talking about defense. Um, he said there was a lot of uncertainty over the summer, but that is just the entire NBA right now. The Nets were just more public. Um, he was asked about Kevin Durant's report of wanting Steve Nash and Sean Marks fired. He said, anytime you don't meet expectations, they can get tumultuous. We are all super competitive here and all want to win. I think it was one of those things that was made more public than it needed to be. And he would kind of end with talking about Ben Simmons once again, which is another theme, saying he's an incredible player, creates a lot of offense without scoring, makes the game easier for everyone else. Obviously, Joe being a shooter should benefit a lot from Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Um, he would say the roster fits the mold more so than the last couple of years where guys know their roles on a championship team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a shot at James Harden. <laughs> oh, yeah. It kind of sounded like it to me when I first heard it. I was like, well, he's taking a shot at James Harden, but don't want to speculate. Finally, he said the headband is on the shelf for a little bit. It will come back depending on the length of his hair. And he is hoping to make some threes so he can bring back his fist pump that went viral. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait for that to come back. We need Joey. Joey headband and Joey fist pump need to get back ASAP. <laughs> so, like I said, it was just great hearing from Joe. I think as Mets fans, he's obviously the longest tenured player. We're all excited for him to be back. Um, my big things on Nick Claxton – um, said he was very excited to play with Ben Simmons. Asked about his having a major role. He said, this is my fourth year. A lot of guys have come and gone, but I am ready to take on the role. Said he worked on his free throw a lot in the summer. Um, last year, he said he never found a consistent release, but this summer he found one and got a lot, a lot, a lot of reps in. Love to hear that. Uh, yep. Um, said this summer was a roller coaster, but every year he's been with the Nets, something has always been going on. <laughs> so he's used to it. Said there's a lot of talent on paper and he's super excited. He would mention he was almost traded at the trade deadline last year, but coming to a contract after the season end was easy. He called it simple, said he has a lot of unfinished business left in Brooklyn. Finally, which I think all Nets fans want to hear, Nicholas Claxon said, I bulked up a little bit. That was my main emphasis going into the offseason. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. He cut his hair. He added muscle. He looked noticeably bigger, too. For sure. Like, I know that a lot of people have said that, like, over the last couple of years. I personally have not. But he looked like, like like Joe said, like his biceps, because he was sitting down in the interview that we saw, he looked noticeably stronger. Yeah, he looked like his shoulders looked big, his biceps looked big. Um, but yeah, it definitely looks like he added a decent amount of muscle, and hopefully he could put that to use. For sure. And then there's just Patty Mills, real quick, his usual Patty Mills self. Great leader, ultimate guy, like ultimate team player. Um, said at some point last year he was cooked, talking about how many minutes he played. I think we all kind of saw it with his shooting regression. Patty Mills is a great shooter. If he's playing the 20 minutes, 15 minutes a game he's supposed to be playing, he'll be fine. He had a fun little banter about playing a one-on-one with Ben Simmons. Um, And then (laughs) Ben was asked about it later, and Ben's response was, I'm killing him. 
Patty. I am destroying him. <laughs> um, so, like, that was fun. Obviously, everyone knows that Patty and Ben are good friends. Patty's kind of Ben's mentor, I guess. Like, even if it's not basketball-wise, it's personality-wise. So, that was nice to see. Um, and then let's just quickly end with Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Um, Sean Marks was asked about a summer, which obviously was probably very stressful for Sean Marks, dealing with getting swept, then the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving news, etc. Um, his response was, I am just glad we are rolling the balls out tomorrow. <laughs> obviously talking about training camp finally starting and the team playing basketball. I think as Nets fans, we can all relate to that. I could not agree more. I'm so glad it's over. I'm so glad we're actually back to basketball and no drama came out of today. The last... Well, <laughs> until Kevin Durant just attacked the Nets beat reporter on Twitter. Yeah, well, still, we'll we'll take that as like a slight loss. But like we'll we'll accept it in the grand scheme of things. Everything <laughs> everybody sounded great today. Everybody sounded excited. Uh, everybody sounded like they were ready to go, except for obviously uh, TJ Warren and South Curry, but they'll be back soon. But yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of promising stuff came out today. Yeah, I mean, a couple more things from Sean Marks. He said it is a different Ben Simmons talking to him now from when we first acquired him. Um, that goes back to that mental health thing. I believe Ben probably is more confident, ready to go. Um he would go on to say that Kevin Durant is his partner. He's not the boss of Kevin Durant. And if he would say if he still wanted out, he wouldn't be here. Um, I thought that was very interesting word choice. <laughs> yeah. Because in the summer, it was all about back to accountability, back to like we run the team. And then following the trade request, he called him his partner. I mean, that's the way they worded it in the statement that he was coming back. So yeah, that is true. Their partnership. Which I'm fine with. I just want to say definitely interesting. Should be noted. Um, stay in contention while we don't have our draft picks. That's all we could ask for. <laughs> and correct. Can, can keep Kevin Durant happy. <laughs> um, Steve Nash was asked about Kevin Durant wanting him fired. He said, Kevin and I go way back. Families go through things like this. Which, uh, I mean, what is he supposed to say? But, like, that's tough. Yeah, it's just, like, you gotta, like, if, if you guys are a family, you're the uncle that everybody dreads showing up to Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got it, um, I mean, <laughs> I saw it, and, like, I was just laughing when I saw that. I was like, my lord. Um, Sean Mark said he has faith in Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp to handle the center responsibilities. I know there's been a lot of speculation amongst Nets Twitter for Boogie Cousins, Dwight Howard, Hassan Whiteside, etc. Not for the time being. Um, I think we got kind of all figured that. Obviously, I, roster's full, like, but there's a lot of non-guaranteed contracts if they wanted to. But I think the Nets are comfortable with playing small, and I think today kind of just proved it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely showed that they are willing to go into the season at least with, like, a smaller roster. But, I mean, in uh, it's, it's kind of weird to word it because, like, last year we had 
Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge on the loss. So we, so we lost size at that center position, obviously, but as a whole, the roster got so much bigger. Um, right. I think they're willing to test that out, especially with a fully healthy Ben Simmons and like his defensive versatility. They have faith in Dayron Sharp probably going into another year, developing another year. And I mean, who can blame them? Worst case, I mean, there are moves that can be made with this team. We all know that. So Yeah, and I do just real quick, sorry Joe, to interrupt you, but it should be noted that the Nets have acquired a big, whether it was through trade or the buyout market, each of the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. So just because that's how we're entering the season does not mean that is how the Nets will be entering the playoffs, which is a big thing to notice, um, a big thing to mention. Like I said, they've acquired a big, although it hasn't really worked out the last two seasons. Obviously, Drummond became unplayable. Well, Marcus Aldridge, the first year, unfortunately, had the health concerns with his heart, but he was great besides that. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think that's something that Sean Marks would not hesitate to do again. Um, like I said, we added size, though. We, we added a bunch of tall, tall wings um, between TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Markeith Morris. There's there's a bunch of guys to be named there. And, I mean, as a whole, the roster is bigger, but we did definitely lose a decent amount of size and just bully ball ability at that center position. But I think it's worth a shot to test it right now and see how it goes before making an unnecessary impulsive trade. Yeah. I agree. I uh, Sorry, I just saw, I just saw, <laughs> I just saw a, trick from the, a tweet from Nick Friedel. That I just want to give to you. Like I'm going to be honest with you, I can't stand this guy. Um, <laughs> I can't, I like I hate him. Like honestly, get him the hell off of Nets beat. But he said the atmosphere at Nets media day is best described as what you feel when two parents decide to get divorced, but then reverse course to try and do what's best for the family. A lot of optimism about the future, but too much behind, too much drama behind the scenes to forget. And it's just like the guy's so negative. Like I'm telling you, he wants the Nets to fail. And I don't know, man. Like I'm just sick of seeing his bullshit. But anyways, definitely does not <laughs> sound like. I mean, from watching it, it does not. That's not what it seemed like. Everybody seemed excited and happy. Yeah, well, he was the guy, as we all know, that was saying all summer the Nets are never going to run this back. They're so sick of Kyrie. They don't want to do this with him again. Yeah, here we are. Once again, he was wrong. He was also the one that said Kyrie's never going to get an exception or exemption on the vaccine. And, like, literally a day later, he got it. So, like, <laughs> sorry, I just saw that. It really kind of annoyed me to see that, but we'll continue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, tomorrow, obviously, training camp begins for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, like we said, everyone should be available besides TJ Warren and Seth Curry. I'm sure they'll be doing individual work, continuing their rehab. A week from today, we have our first preseason game already, which is crazy because time is just absolutely flying. And then the real thing starts three weeks from Wednesday. So right around 21 days, a little longer. But it's coming, Joe. Like Sean Mark said, let's roll out the basketballs, baby. I can't wait, man. It's – Oh, it's been so long. <laughs> it really has. I mean, raw, especially raw, for raw, us, like, oh my the god, off, the off season's long enough. When you get swept in the first round, 
and then you deal with all the bullshit that happened in the summer. <laughs> we are so relieved. As a fan, as a person of this podcast, I am very relieved to yeah. see all the guys back in a Nets jersey today because it could have been ugly. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. After the sweep, after the trade request, like we could have been coming into a team that we were like, "Yep, yeah, we're lucky if we win 35 games this year." Yeah, we could have. So, been, um, we could have been in a position where like Nick Stauskas is a starter for us again. Yeah. So like <laughs> it, it, it could have been ugly. I know a lot of shits happened. It hasn't worked yet, but at least when you still have these guys, there's hope. There's optimism that, yes, this group can do it. They just, like, I think it was Seth Curry who said, he was like, we have all the hard stuff. We have the guys that can create shots, create for others, play defense, shoot threes at an intense level. He was like, we just have to do the easy stuff of come together as a team, get to know each other, and play as one unit. He said, if we do that, we have more talent than in the NBA. And I think that was summed up perfectly by Seth Curry. Yeah. And he's right. He's completely right. That's all they have to do. And, I mean, they've gotten off to a good start with it, at least. Ben Simmons said he's been playing with KD and Kyrie all week. Joe Harris said that they've had 15 guys in the building over the last few days practicing. So what more can you ask for? They're there. They're willing to put in the work. They all have one common goal in mind. They're ready to roll. I I know. I think we're on the same boat. Super excited. I I can't wait for the regular season. Like, I I can't wait. I'm fiending for it. I am fiending for Nets basketball right now. Yeah. Anything else we want to touch on real quick before we end here? I think I'm all good. There was a lot of stuff that came out today. A lot. I think a lot of content, a lot of good Nets content, good quotes. Um, And let's move on. So thank you for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Joe and Kobe. As Sean Mark said, let's roll out the basketballs tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.